Our call to worship this morning is a selection from Psalm 116. I love you, Lord. You answered my prayers. You paid attention to me, and so I will pray to you as long as I live. You are kind, Lord, so good and merciful. You protect ordinary people, and when I was helpless, you saved me and treated me so kindly that I don't need to worry anymore. Our opening hymn this morning has a familiar tune, even if the words are not, and is also based on a psalm. O God, beyond all praising, we worship you today. If you're able to stand and would like to, please do as we sing together. So we're going to pray together, as is our usual practice. I will lead us in prayer, and then we will join together in the Lord's Prayer in the version and language that is most natural for us. So let's pray together. God, whom Jesus called Father, we come together now as your children of all ages and stages of life, each with our own unique personalities and preferences each with our own hopes and dreams, each with our own sorrows and regrets. We come confidently, knowing that in you we will find welcome and acceptance, that sins will be forgiven and righteousness restored. Jesus, who calls us friends, 
We come to you now as your disciples, longing to learn from you, needing encouragement for the challenges we face, seeking new insights to inform our faith, yearning for the day when your promises are fulfilled. We come hopefully, knowing that in you, our human limitations are fully understood, that our journey will be shared and your companionship assured. Spirit of wisdom, promised comforter, we call upon you to inspire our hearts and minds for worship. Enabling us to formulate the questions we need to explore, enabling us to discover fresh insights into timeless truths, enabling us to seize the opportunities you open to us. We come determinedly, knowing that your sustenance is dependable and that renewed hope and refreshed souls are ours. Holy and ever-living God, parent, companion and advocate, Accept our praises and hear our prayers for the inbreaking of your kingdom as we join together in the words Jesus taught his friends, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Oh, 
we're going to watch a video now on screen. Um, if you can't see because you've got somebody a bit bigger in front of you, feel free to come forward a bit. There are some seats near the front or you can possibly sit this side of the communion table on the floor if you want to. But it just lasts about three or four minutes and we're going to watch it together. the best form he's shown since he broke the British record. When you try your best but you don't succeed When you get what you want but not what you need When you feel so tired but you can't sleep Stuck in Does anybody remember seeing that? Yeah, yep, Brian remembers seeing it. And Jeff remembers seeing it. I must admit, I'd completely forgotten about it until this week when I was looking to try and find something online that would connect with our theme of, of not giving up. I'd thought about the Brownlee brothers. Do you remember them? Um, last summer when one of them was in the lead and then he was just, he got heat exhaustion. He was just all over the place and his brother came around the corner came alongside and ran him through and then went back so he could still get the gold medal, which was pretty amazing because strictly you should have overtaken him, but hey. Life isn't always easy, is it? Sometimes we set out to do things and they just don't quite work out. We're thinking today about prayer and about sticking at it in prayer, but I want us to do so in a way that's reasonably realistic because Prayer's not a magic spell, it's not a magic wand, it doesn't guarantee the happy ending. Derek Redmond never won a gold medal. He never ran again in the Olympics. His, Olymp his, his athletics career at that point was over. So it could be a sad ending. But he didn't give up on life. He actually went on to be a successful basketball coach, so I discovered. But also what struck me about that video is how in his worst moment, his dad came rushing down with that ridiculous T-shirt. Have you hugged your left foot today? What the heck is that about? And a hat that says, just do it. And he came alongside and he said, we're in this together. And that's what I think God promises us when we pray. Doesn't promise us nice answers that we always get what we hope that we always get what we dream of but God says we're in this together I'll be with you in the stumbles in the successes whatever it is I'll be with you to the end in my hymn software I found a really old Salvation Army Sunday School type hymn that would have been great to use at this point except the language was awfully old-fashioned and I couldn't find a tune for it. But I kind of pinched the first two lines and wrote something myself. So it's not great poetry because I'm not a great poet. But, you know, I, w I went on a creative writing workshop the other week and the person running it said, just do it. But it said on that hat, actually, just do it. It's OK. It doesn't have to be perfect. It can be of the moment. It can be a single use for yourself or for others. So we're going to sing a song to a fairly well-known tune, 
Have you just begun to tray Never Give Up? I'll warn you now, it doesn't quite scan perfectly, but it'll be okay. Thanks, Paul. Our first reading is taken from Job. If you direct your heart rightly, you will stretch out your hands toward him. If iniquity is in your hand, put it far away and do not let wickedness reside in your tents. Surely then you will lift up your face without blemish. You will be secure and will not fear. You will forget your misery you will remember it as waters that have passed away, and your life will be brighter than the noonday. Its darkness will be like the morning, and you will have confidence because there is hope. You will be protected and take your rest in safety. And then from Luke chapter 11. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me, the door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock 
and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a, a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And our third reading again from Luke. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjudged say, judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Amen. At the beginning of this week, I sat down, as I do every week, and read over the passages and thought about them and prayed about them and looked at my commentaries to think what we might share. And I wrote a sermon, and it's a perfectly adequate sermon, except I was never quite sure it did what it needed to do. And at about four o'clock this morning, I woke up and kind of knew where it needed to go, but I'm afraid I didn't get up and rewrite it. So what I'm going to do is talk to you um, the way I think this should go. Um, it's based on what I wrote. The work I did for it is still important, but it's rooted in three true stories, two of my own and one um, from a book by Christians in politics. This is Christine, who is our BMS Link missionary in Paris with her dog, Isla. 
Around about the middle of December, I had an email from Christine to say she was coming to Glasgow over New Year and it would be great to meet up. So I replied and said, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. She then said she was arriving at Glasgow Airport around one o'clock on New Year's Day, but that her hosts wouldn't be available until at least five o'clock that evening because they were going to a Hogmanay party somewhere else. So I said, without a second thought, well, don't worry, Christine, let's meet in town and we'll get lunch somewhere. <laughs> Precisely. Very stupid English person didn't realise that Scotland is shut on New Year's Day. But I thought I can sort this. There might not be any buses and any trains, but it's OK. I can walk to town. I'm fit. I can do this. Well, there was a bus, airport bus, so I could have got that. But of course, if I got to town, nothing would be open, not even Starbucks. Well, actually, as it turned out, Tinderbox on Byers Road was open, but who knew? It shouldn't have been, because this is Scotland after all. I felt very stupid. I was trying to make this work. This friend has come to me for hospitality and it had all gone horribly wrong. I was talking with a friend about this and they said, it's fine. Don't worry. We'll come with you to the airport. We'll give you a lift to the airport. We'll pick up Christine, come back to our house and, and we'll, we'll have lunch together. We can sort it. It'll be okay. Loaves and fishes, nothing on people in Hillhead. And it was, we had a lovely time. We enjoyed fellowship together, we enjoyed a good meal together. Christine's hosts came and collected her at around about five o'clock. And all was well, that ended well. That's pretty much the first story that Jesus told. He told it in a culture of shame and honour where as part of hospitality, if your friend arrived at midnight, you blooming well did have to invite them in and find something to feed them with. And if you hadn't got any food and you went round to another friend's house and knocked on the door, they jolly well should get out of bed and help you. So what Jesus is saying in this prayer is, you can't imagine a, a friend who would behave like this, can you? You can't imagine a friend who, if you were in a bind, would just leave you looking stupid and embarrassed. That's what God's like. You don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed when you come to God because just as your friend will help you out in a bind, so much more God will be there for you. I don't think the image of God as friend is one we use very often but it's there in that little short story about the friend at midnight. I was very grateful to my friends. I think Christine was very grateful to my friends and it was fine. I learned something from it and that's no bad thing. So should I find myself in Glasgow next new year? I'll know not to offer to take somebody out for lunch. The first story. Does anybody know who this one is? <coughs> you may or may not ever have come across her. Her name is Elizabeth Dukes, and she is a grassroots member of the Liberal Demo Democrat Party in England. She lives just outside Cheshire, 
uh, Chester, sorry, in Cheshire. She is now retired, I think. She is a mum of four. She has had various jobs at various times in her life, including at one point she ran an online nappy business for, prop, I think, reusable nappies, cloth nappies. But at the time this was taken, she was actually um, unemployed after a um, period in a temporary job. She went to the Liberal Democratic Conference just after Nick Clegg was first elected. And I'm going to read her story as it's told on the Lib Dems City of Chester website. This is what she says. When Nick Clegg was first elected as leader, he announced a new tax policy to reduce the percentage paid from 20% to 16%. The policy was duly passed at the 2008 conference. Another delegate mentioned that he would prefer to see the income tax threshold raised, taking the lowest paid out of tax. Too late now, he said. I took it as a challenge and looked for a way of changing tax policy. I didn't have to wait long. Joe Swinson, MP, sent an email to Liberal Democrats Women's Net Network, called the WLD, asking for policy ideas for a manifesto day. Soon afterwards, she attended her local regional conference and met Vince Cable. There, I asked him if there was any reason the income tax threshold couldn't be raised to the level of the minimum wage. Ah, he said, well, that is my ultimate dream. I suggested to WLD that I took this, I look at, sorry, I look at this, and they agreed. As an MP, Jo had access to the costings figures, and she agreed to ask the Treasury questions on my behalf. I prepared a set of proposals looking at how far we could raise the threshold. Raising it to the level of the then minimum wage, £11,552 a year per person would cost £29 billion. On the manifesto day, we were surprised by the number of MPs who came along to our discussion group as they wanted to support us. We had several discussion groups, but they all reported back with the same decision. We should raise the income tax threshold to the level of the minimum wage. I had a photo op with Nick Clegg and introduced myself, admitting that my tax policy was in opposition to his. I was taken aback when Nick said he was supporting my proposal as it would help much more people than his. Suddenly, I realised we were on to a winner. I wrote a policy motion calling for the income tax threshold to be raised to the level of the national minimum wage. And in May... WLD, along with several local parties, submitted it for discussion at the 2009 Autumn Conference. In July, I was astonished to see Nick Clegg on the news announcing the Lib Dems' new tax policy. The first £10,000 earned would be tax-free. I'd succeeded. Lib Dem tax policy had been changed. It was so popular, I hoped whoever won the general election would implement the policy. 
I didn't expect that the Lib Dems would have that opportunity, but we did. The next challenge is to get the threshold raised to the level of the national minimum wage and to get it pegged there. And we will have permanently improved the, the income of the lowest paid in Britain, as well as putting money back in the pockets of 26 million people. This is pretty much the second story that Jesus told about the widow and the judge. First century widows in, in the Jewish culture had no power, no one to look out for them. And yet Jewish law required that they should be looked after. Look after the widow, the alien, the orphan. But people weren't. And so in the story, this woman is forced to take her case to the judge. And this judge is frankly blooming awful. He's not bothered about widows. He's not bothered about anybody. He's not even bothered about what God thinks. But she doesn't give up. She knows that what she feels is right. And so she sticks at it. And she keeps going back. And I guess news gets out that this judge is being badgered by this woman and tongues start to wag. And perhaps he does have a modicum of shame because he reacts in the end. He gives her the justice she desires, that she deserves. Jesus tells this story in the context of people thinking about the end times, an eschatological focus for those who like that word. We live in a world that's not just. We pray for God's kingdom to come. We pray it Sunday by Sunday and we hang on to that if only by our fingertips. Lizzie Jukes, the Liberal, M Liberal Democrats MP, is a lifelong Christian. She tells that she came to faith at the age of five at a mission thing, rushed home to tell her mum that she'd become a Christian, only to be beaten by her older brother who said, I have as well. Oh, I have and she has as well. But she's heard stories like this all her life. And they affect the way she lives. So she could when she was chatting to this guy at the first conference and he said, well, this is what I'd like to dream, but it's never going to happen. She could have gone, yeah, that's right. Okay, the end. But she didn't. She kept on. She found out ways of getting in there within the Liberal Democratic Party. Now, I'm sure there were times when she felt this was an impossible dream, but she didn't give up. Lib Dems weren't going to be in power well. By a quirk of things, they did have an influence. And this was one of the non-negotiables in the setting up of the coalition. This is one of the things that they said, nope, we're not shifting on this. The current threshold for income tax in the UK is £11,000. So it has been increased since then. Still not quite equivalent to the now so-called national living wage, but there's been a huge difference, huge strides forward in this. And all because one ordinary woman had an idea, inspired by her faith in God, and didn't give up. So that one does pretty much also have a happy ending.
and that was kind of where I got to with my sermon preparation, but I wasn't happy with that because a bit like the Derek Redmond story, there aren't always happy endings. So this is my third story. It's a very personal story. This is a photograph of me with my friend Lulu taken just two or three days before she died. Lulu was a breast care specialist nurse in Edinburgh who was diagnosed with primary breast cancer, treated, had a recurrence, had a second primary of a different kind and went on to develop metastatic breast cancer in her lungs and sadly in her brain. As a nurse, she had access, obviously, to lots of information that she could research. She must have had pretty much every available treatment option in Scotland, plus a few. Lulu and I kind of hit it off in the support group we were part of because we were two people who were professionals, who dealt with life and death and disappointments as part of our everyday lives, and who weren't afraid to talk frankly about what was going on. After Lulu was diagnosed with metastatic cancer in her brain, she had two lots of brain surgery which temporarily alleviated the problem. She had whole brain radiotherapy and she had continued to have various trials in chemotherapy to try and keep her lung mats at bay. This photo was taken the day that she sat down with her oncologist in hospital where she had been for a while and he had said to her, I think it's time we called it a day. Lulu went home and her sister contacted me and said, oh, it'd be really great if you could come over and chat to Lulu. Um, six months previously, Lulu, who had asked me, um, when the time comes, will you speak at my funeral? So the reason I've got my pink clerical shirt on is I wanted Lulu to see it for herself before other people saw it at her funeral. Lulu loved pink. I hate pink. That was one of the ironies about our relationship. We should never have got on, but we did. The thing was, Lulu accepted that she wasn't going to get the answer she'd longed for. Lulu had a good death. It was a peaceful death at home, surrounded by those who loved her. In her last few days, her closest friends were able to come and say their goodbyes. I can say hand on heart that Lulu never gave up. She never gave up. She had a faith which was very private, but which we talked about. And that was why she asked me to do the God bit at her funeral. Sometimes in this life, we don't get the answers to prayer that we want. Sometimes we have to find a place of acceptance that the thing we really desire perhaps isn't what God thinks is best. Perhaps in a broken and disordered world, it's just not possible that what we desire will come to pass. I firmly believe, and Lulu firmly believed, that there is more than this. That heaven, whatever heaven is, is a state of being or a place in which there is no pain, 
no sorrow, no death. Many of Lulu's friends say that she will be dancing on the tables up there, drinking pink champagne. I've no idea whether that's true, but I kind of hope it might be. Prayer isn't easy, and sometimes we cling on to it by our fingernails, we force ourselves to do it because we think we ought to, we don't know what to say, we don't even know why we carry on. But Jesus told his followers to stick at it. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on, if I can borrow the title from this evening's service. Because in it all, come what may, God is with us. Just as Derek Redmond's father ran down from the stands, pushed aside the officials, and goodness knows how he managed to get away with that, and ran with or stumbled on with his son to the end. So God is with us. In the official records of the Barcelona Olympics, Derek Redmond was disqualified and recorded as did not finish. But I think we know different. That with his father at his side, he completed the race. Maybe not the race he had hoped to complete, but he completed it nonetheless. And the same is true for us with God. In the journey of life, even if it goes very differently from what we would have hoped, God is there alongside us every step of the way. I think we'll remain seated for this next hymn. It's a very honest hymn that speaks of prayer and the realities of life. When our confidence is shaken in beliefs we thought secure, when the spirit in its sickness seeks but cannot find a cure, God is active in the tensions of a faith not yet mature.
copy of the order of service I received during the week, if I read from one line to the next, says, when our confidence is shaken, prayers for others, grow a little, all substitute. <laughs> well, thank you, Ian, for being prepared to be a substitute, but uh, no need for that. It hasn't been uh, an easy week for me to prepare for intercessions, but as Katrina has mentioned the use of published prayers, may I take use of that this morning, largely from everyday prayers published by the International Bible Reading Association. I set out to find prayers on refugees, politicians, the unemployed, and the elderly. I hope you'll give me six out of ten or more. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give thanks for all who share with Christ in breaking down the barriers walls in our hearts and in our institutions. For young people who are open to other cultures and languages. For migrants who patiently learn to make a new country their true home. For minority groups and their leaders who refuse to shelter behind walls, but courageously mix in a tough world. <coughs> For patient teachers in schools, schools where races and cultures meet. For politicians who refuse to seek cheap votes, but stand firm for the isolated few. For all these, we thank you, Lord, and ask your grace. Great Lord of Catholic, Protestant and Orthodox, of black and white and colored, of generations past and future, we would obey you. Wise Lord of the kings and rulers, of Caesar and Pilate and Herod, of Chairman Mao and Mahatma Gandhi, of philosophers and generals, we would honor you. <coughs> Loving Lord of the teenager playing with drugs, of the druggy drinker down and out, of the Indian coolie near starvation, of weary miner and distant fisherman, we would work for you. Lord, King of glory, inspirer, healer, savior, Jesus the Christ, crowned with thorns, speaking the word with authority to our hearts. Be Lord, this day and forever. Father, accept our thanks for the hospice movement and its ministry to those who are terminally ill. We thank you for all medical and auxiliary staff, for the skill with which they do their work, for the environment of hope with which they surround their patients and for the inner experience of peace they communicate 
even to the most fearful. We thank you for all engaged in research into pain control, whose discoveries lift cruel burdens from those who suffer and guard the dignity of those who are close to death. We thank you for all spiritual counsellors, for ministers of, and priests, for gifted lay people and members of religious orders committed to the care of the dying. Father, we pray for young people growing up in a difficult and dangerous world. For those who are unemployed, who have not worked since they left school, have never earned their own money. And for those who are taking the first steps in their skill or trade or profession, for those who feel they have no support from adults around them, who grow resentful at what they see to be their indifference. For those caught up in violence, either giving it or receiving it. For those who are morally confused, uncertain of what is right or wrong. So we pray for young Christians as they strive to live out their faith in an unsympathetic world. May age not make us invulnerable and certain of our own rightness. We commend to your particular care at this time, Lord, our friend Irene Allen, thanking you for her example of Christian service and her unfailing commitment to those for whom she heard God's call to minister, asking that she may now know God's peace in her heart. Father, you are head of all the family. Hear these prayers. In Jesus' name. Amen.
God of mercy, grace and peace, accepts the gifts we offer and accept our lives lived in your service. Amen. There are some, things, some hymns you have to sing when you're doing a series of, ser series of services or sermons on prayer, and surely this is one of them. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to prayer bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. As we leave this place to return to the everyday, may God bless us with the assurance that our prayers are always received, however inadequate we may perceive them to be, and with a determination never to give up praying and working for the fulfilment of the promises in which we trust, today and every day. Mm -hmm.